Welcome to the latest episode of an Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges, taboos, and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to go grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we'll be talking about life in the modern world. So we live in a world that is ever more connected with social media, providing us with a platform which we can use for learning, entertainment, and to promote our businesses. This has changed the world in many exciting ways and enabled us to communicate with people from all corners of the globe, often from the comfort of our own homes. Many have used this platform to promote their businesses and raise awareness of societal issues. However, this often means we spend more time online, which can be overwhelming. This is especially true if you're promoting your business. It can be difficult to break through all the white noise, cat memes, and influencers selling you this month's magic bullet. So who better to talk to about this than Chris Williams, the founder of Make a Different Noise, a LinkedIn and social media marketing company for service-based businesses and professionals. Offering services from mentoring to content creation, Chris helps his clients stand out from the crowd. He has also used social media and other platforms to raise awareness of mental health. So, hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going very well, thank you. That was a very uh, astute uh, introduction. Awesome. Well done. Awesome. (laughs) That sounded lovely. Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so got quite a lot to cover today um, because obviously with the social media and um, and the mental health, but as we get through the talk, um, we'll see how they're kind of connected. So let's start with Linky, um, as I like to call LinkedIn. How did you get into the the wonderful world of marketing? In the wonderful world of marketing and, and particularly LinkedIn, I fell into it as most people do. Um, so I, I, I've always had a, a keen interest in marketing through every business that I've been involved with. Um, I would rather sit with a marketing team than any other team, um, purely because the dick around more to be nice, but, yeah. um, so I, I, I like the idea of being able to persuade somebody to buy something through a method in which they've not considered a sales method. Um, and, and I'm going to use the word manipulation, being able to manipulate somebody's thoughts, somebody's feelings, somebody's. Uh, knowledge base on on a product on a service so marketing's always been something that i've had a keen interest in i fell into linkedin as i think pretty much every human being does on the planet pretty much by being told by a peer at the time you should be on linkedin you need to be on there for this job um and i created a, a linkedin account in 2010 2011 uh, 2000, yeah, 2010, um, and uh, used it like the most people do, um, spamming the living daylights out of people to try and get them to buy from it, um, which obviously is not the right way of doing it. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to say, I think I've been on LinkedIn since 2010, or at least my CV has. That That's how yes, I got on there. Yes, the, the, the online CV. Yes, it? they were like, you've got to get on LinkedIn because that's... Um, that's the place to uh, get new jobs. Um, but obviously LinkedIn is so much more than that. It is a great place for, for, for prospective job seekers to go and look for stuff, but it's also a great place for, for business owners to promote their businesses, like you said. And there's a lot of advice out there, a lot of advice about everything that you should do, you shouldn't do, this magic bullet, this trend, this, yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming, right? So, you know, I've read so many statistics that there's only like this tiny percentage of people that actually get active on LinkedIn that post content or promote their businesses or show up on a daily basis and let the world know that they're there. And it doesn't really come as a surprise to me at all. So for all of those people that that might be in the shadows at the moment, that might be feeling geez, I have no idea where to start. There's just too much white noise. What advice would you give to them? Um, Trial and error is your best friend in this. And don't rely on one source of information. Don't rely on me just telling you right now. 
do your due diligence. If you if a coach is telling you that you need to pay ninety seven dollars for this course, uh, and you'll you'll gain ten thousand followers in a week, um, chances are too good to be true. It is too good to be true. Um, so do your due diligence on where the information is coming from. Um, if somebody's telling you how to create a you know a, a strong network of connections and they've only got five hundred connections, perhaps find somebody else who's got a little bit more credibility. Okay. We we are totally swayed by social media influence every day that we're on the platform. And there'll be people screaming at the radio or, or the podcast playing now saying, no, I'm never influenced. But you are. You are influenced by what you see, what you read, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste. Everything around you is influencing your next decision. And it's no different to, to LinkedIn. You'll have people that will have joined pods because they saw somebody else joining a pod. You'll see people that are, are posting um, only selfies, regardless of what the content is. They'll only post selfies because selfies get a better reach, don't they? Mm-hmm. Don't be influenced by what you see the next person doing. Find your own route. Mm-hmm. By all means, you know, go, go and get some advice from from you know someone like me or some you know anyone out there. But cooperate that advice. Don't rely on just one person to tell you because it's one of, one of the best mistakes that you will make is listening to one person because when that one person gets that wrong, you've now got it wrong. So be due diligent is probably the best bit of advice I can, do, I can, I can say. Yeah, it's kind of easy to get sucked into some of these cults of personalities out there as well, isn't it? And, yes. and these, well, look at me, I've got a million followers and all of that. And, it, yeah. and I often think about that you know, when I see people going and, and shouting from the rooftops, I've got all these followers and all that, and this is what you do to get all these followers and everything. It's like, do you actually want to be connected with all of those people? Do you want to have a million clients? Yeah. Do you want all of these things? And I think it's easy to get distracted by all that white noise and actually kind of go off your own path. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I think what you what you you've sort of described there is is the the shooting fish in a barrel sort of syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's the vast majority of people selling you services to help you do better on LinkedIn, and it's one of the services that I do. We are literally selling sweets to people that come to a sweet shop. Yeah, it's you know you we we know people on LinkedIn. They want to get better. It is the easiest sell to, to make. It's not hard to become a LinkedIn coach. You don't need any skills whatsoever to do it you just need to be able to do it and and so lots of people do do it and they do do it very successfully the problem is is, is a lot of the, the teachings that many of these guys are doing it they're doing it based on how they became linkedin famous mm-hmm. um there's this one particular person who who i know who will, will remain nameless because I'm, I'm not gonna um, shit on their parade or anything like that but that person became famous because of um not only some of the content, but how they presented the content in terms of their looks mm-hmm. um, and gained lots and lots of followers because of, of the, the thirst trap. Let's call it thirst trap. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's telling people how they can become um, LinkedIn famous as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but funny enough, not by being a thirst trap. Okay. So it's, it's like you've, you've got to look at the, you know, look at the five, they've got a hundred thousand followers. Um, and they're posting pictures of the rabs and the muscles and all that sort of stuff, and then like little thirst trap videos or the tits and teeth are out and that sort of stuff. I can guarantee you that the vast majority of their audience are not there because they're able to do this thing that they say they can do. They're there because they would like to see a bit of eye candy. Sex sells. Sure. And it will always sell. You can own it and say, you know what? I'm a good-looking guy. I'm a good-looking gal. I'm going to use my looks to get to get people to follow me. But you own it. You don't. You don't then go. Oh well, no. All of these have come because of my intellectual status. No, they come because they want to see a nipple slip. That's <laughs> that's why they're there. Um, so taking information from these guys, you know, the credibility of these guys. Some of them don't have credibility at all, and some do. Looking, looking, the they're. Um, my, you're going to hear a bell in a minute, and that's my dog coming to tell me what to go out. It literally. <laughs> There you go. See, <laughs> sorry about that. Right, right in the middle of podcast. <laughs> Love it. I was wondering when Lenny would show up. Oh, guaranteed. He should. 
should I just should... go out and go back to bed because he's already had his morning water. I should have put Lenny into the introduction there that Lenny may or may not make it. Well, may or may the not. May will, will make out. an appearance yeah. at some point. <laughs> Going back to the point, yeah. uh, if your opinion of that person is they have got famous because of, chances are they probably have because that's the perception you gain from their, their persona. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not casting dispersions on people who want to use their looks. I would love to be able to use my looks to get people to follow me. I'm an ugly fucker, so it's not going to work. But at the same time, I know that my followers are there because they like the humour, they like the controversy, yeah. and they like the information that I provide. They certainly not follow me because they think I'm some sort of thirst trap. <laughs> and if they are, they need help. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not sure how to follow that. Uh, but but it, it, it's so true. I, I kind of wanted to touch upon that. I mean, there's this whole buzzword about authenticity and, oh. and how and how you show up online. And there's there's some people that will go out like you've said, they'll they'll use their talents, shall we say, to grab attention. You've got people that court controversy. Yeah. deliberate you know there's people that will just go out there and blatantly be a dick because they know that's going to generate a, a shed load of engagement yeah there's you know and, and if they don't know that <laughs> oh <need> dear <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you really need to start thinking about their life choices you didn't think that was going to piss people off really um so in terms of that in terms of showing up in terms of how you present yourself online um what are your thoughts on that you know because i know a lot of people will use these things to game the system but let's look at what what authenticity actually means it's to be a true reflection of yourself it's to be be yourself yeah no one is themselves online Mm -hmm. very 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 few people and there'll be people again that's going well i am i'm always my true self are you? Are you? Do you do you share only the good stuff? Do you share the bad stuff? Do you share when you've had diarrhea? Do you share when you've you've won a client? Now, don't get me wrong. You can be authentic. I'm again using that word, and just choose to share the bits that you want to share. Mm-hmm. That's not a true reflection of who you are sure. and what you do. I tried my best, and I for a long time said that you know I'm, I'm a very raw person. What you see is what you get. What you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and even I still hide behind filters. Sure. Um, not visual filters because quite well, if, I don't know if people are going to see the video of this, but you can see. Yeah. Other so, um, you know, that, you know, that side of stuff, but the terms in terms of the subjects that I would cover, I had no filter whatsoever for a long period of time, or I thought I didn't have, but I still wouldn't talk too much in depth about politics. I still wouldn't talk mm. about subjects that, I wasn't clued up on about about LGBTQ rights and things like that and about the Black Lives Matter. I'll make comments about it, but I'm not in a position to be able to share my ignorance with the world because that's damaging my brand and, and yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm a dick. So that that's not me being authentic. That's me hiding stuff. Sure. And we, we all we all do the same. And I'm not knocking people that took part in this, but it was the no ma- no ma- no makeup filter. Yeah. The no makeup selfie that did around and it was to promote, you know, natural beauty and that sort of stuff. The amount of influencers and, and people that jumped on this, oh, this is me with no makeup. Four fucking filters they've got on still. Yeah. You know, they've still got the, the camera angle from the different light in a different angle, they're still making sure the boobs are pushed up as much as possible, they're still making sure that the abs can be seen through the T-shirt. That's not real life. That's what of bollocks. <laughs> but, you know, we'll jump on the trend. So it looks like we are. So I, I, I really dislike the term authentic because I don't think it represents true meaning of what the word is, sure. how, how we use on, online. We still refuse to share the real bad stuff that happens to us. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get knocked back for a loan or something, when you get into debt or when you, you, you know, you're, oh, there's Lenny, hello. Right on cue. Good lad. There we go. Um, we still tend to, to to move away from not sharing those sort of things. I've still yet to come across anybody who is truly authentic. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people on, on the platform that say that they are. They're, they're, they're simply not. They're mm-hmm. simply not. Um, there's a, a guy over in the States. Um, he's got quite popular recently. It's a LinkedIn coach or a personal branding coach or whatever you want to call it. Um, but he shares out, you know, just by being his true authentic self, um, you know, and, and the, the, the six figures he's making at the moment for that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Refuses point blank to cooperate anything. You say something with that, you'll tell people you're authentic, but you're not willing to prove it in any way, shape, or form. Sure, sure. And, and again, that's another way of not being the, your true self. You, you start lying to yourself, you're lying to the public, you're lying to people that, that you're trying to convince. And it's just a, a spiral out from there. No, I totally get that. I mean, it's that, that superficial nature mm. of, of online. I always refer it as you, it's kind of like a snapshot. Or or family album, a photo album. You know, if we remember what those are, we're, we're old enough probably to yeah. remember that. Oh yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> I've still, I've still yeah. got some uh, in, in the loft. You know, but the it, it's just the best bits, right? You know, you yeah. you see those. Oh, you know, wasn't life brilliant there? You know, you you see that that snapshot in time, and certainly social media, I think, really really magnifies this. You see all this success. You see all this happiness. Yeah. You see all these beautiful people, these thin people, these people with flowing locks, you know, the men, you know, these 50-year-old guys, you know, with, with long curly hair, you know, bastards. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that you just see that and it's like I want myself some of that. And it's very easy to, and we'll come on to this in a little bit. It's very yeah. easy to kind of lose track of who you are. And that's where the the authenticity kind of falls through the window a bit, because the way I always refer to it is, um, you know, in in the online parlance, you've got your avatars, right? And, you know, are you showing up, you know, as as a kind of as close of a reflection to who you are as possible? Or are you showing up as a super mega transformer style avatar and, and I think that's where people struggle a bit. It's it. It's, it's, it's the catfish approach. Mm-hmm. It's I, I. I will. I'll display the image that I want people to see of me. Um, not realizing that when it goes from online to offline, you've perhaps just dented the relationship by not being honest on the online bit. Yeah. There's a a section on your LinkedIn profile, your, your profile picture, and I always use this anecdote whenever I'm telling any uh, anyone about how to build your profile. I did a lecture at Greenwich University at the moment. Um, so this was a different university. I'm not going to mention it because the person is quite prominent there. And I met a person from the university, I nearly said who, um, who was a, a lady. And according to a profile picture, 40, 42, 43, something like that. Um, relatively attractive, um, a blonde lady, quite quite boofy blonde hair. So this, I've gone to the coffee house to meet her or just down outside of meet her. I'm looking around to see if I can see. I've got a profile picture in my hand. I'm like, I can't see where she is. A couple of minutes later, I got tapped on my shoulder by a very, very short brown-haired lady who was at least 25 years older than what a profile picture looked like. Yep. That's just a very glib example of, of, of turning up online and offline and the difference. Oh, for now, sure. It took me 10 minutes to trust the fact that I was sat with a person I'd been conversing with on LinkedIn for that period of time. And that's, that's just a very, you know, a, a very sort of glib example, but sure. so to take on from that point, what's worse is, is the fake authenticity yeah. that yeah. people put, I'm going to mention it. And, and, and the crying CEO that, that went viral is it was on all the news. And it's a guy that, that was, it was purely a, Oh, what about me situation when he's had to sack somebody, which, in hindsight, he didn't sack. He got his wife to do it. He never spoke to the person. So, but he shared the picture of him crying on 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 the internet, saying how sad he was that he had to let one of his staff go. That's fake authenticity. That's that's trying to make people think you're this wonderful CEO and that you've got compassion and empathy when quite clearly it actually backfired. So, fake authenticity is is, is probably more toxic than than saying you're authentic when you're not. Yeah. Because, you know, or, or certainly trying to act like it, because you're, you're manipulating people's perceptions and ideas and, and thoughts about who you are, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, for your own good. 
Yeah. And and the the downside of that, that CEO now has been mocked, ridiculed. I doubt he's got much business from LinkedIn recently. Um, so he's, he's he's gone so far that his brand has been damaged by it. His personal brand is almost irreparable. Sure. But the business brand as well has been absolutely knocked for it. Um purely because he was trying to garner the likes and, and to get the, the empathy and sympathy from people on LinkedIn um, using fake authenticity. So, yeah, we're a fickle, weird bunch of humans, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Just coming back to the example that you mentioned there with, with the lady, I think that's the danger. If you're presenting yourself in a certain way, I always say if you're presenting yourself as someone who's got all their shit together, that's yeah. totally calm, totally on a level, not sweary at all in way, any way, shape or form. And then you get on a discovery call, sales call, whatever you want to bloody call it. And they're like, fuck this, you know what? And oh God, sorry, I'm late. And my hair's all over the bloody place. And they just not got their shit together at all. Yeah. What damage is that doing to your business, yeah. the relationship, your personal brand, all of that. You, you can, you can liken it to going on a date, can't you? So, yeah. you know, and if, uh, I, I, was, I was joking with my missus, if we ever got to the point where we'd split up, we wouldn't know what to do nowadays. 16 years, way before dating apps were a thing. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, I think, what was, what was, is it plenty of fish? I think that was the thing that that was about yeah. before we got together. But <laughs> nowadays you're scrolling through and, and all the pictures are of the best version of the person. Yeah. They're always at the right angle and they're always at that. And then when you end up meeting somebody and you've been talking to somebody who every picture has been from an angle above the forehead <laughs> and then you meet them and, and it's like, you're 12 stone more than I thought you was going to be. That's, you know, it's, it's catfishing. You're not being authentic. What yep. do you expect to happen at that point of meeting when you've lied to somebody or you've allowed a different perception of you yep. to get through to that person? Not necessarily oh, lying, but you've allowed that perception to happen. Because let's face it, that person's not going to go, oh, you're totally different to what I thought you was going to look like. Let's carry on. This is amazing. That's not going to happen, is it? Let's face it. Well, it's not a good basis for building trust, is it? Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I mean, back to that, I remember a few years ago, I downloaded some of these dating apps and I just couldn't get over the amount of elves, pixies, um, <laughs> a cartoon characters that were on there it's like i i just scroll straight past it's like i don't know who you are immediately that that said to me that there was a massive insecurity there and and the issue with that is i was making a judgment maybe they're not maybe they were doing what they thought was what they should do but yeah. again that's you you immediately you create that massive disconnect and, and create a potential judgment yeah. well per perception drives pretty much every decision that that we have you know the perceived whether it's any value perception whether it's it's going to be a benefit to us perception whether it's, it's going to be a value to us so if if you're if you're allowing someone's perception of you to be different to reality then you're affecting the outcome of what that's going to be sure now, don't get me wrong you you might use that to your advantage as, as some of the, the these linkedin gurus do um, the reality of when you meet the person compared to what you see online is very, very different sure. uh, for a lot of them. But then, you know, they're only selling services to, to make you famous on LinkedIn. So it's not like it's a life altering value, is it really? I am just going to spend this entire session mocking my industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's always, always good never to take it too seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> a bit like my video. Um, <laughs> I am a very serious person. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things, and I think that touches on, on something here that people will just show up maybe being fake, yeah. maybe just creating that snapshot. Yeah building this persona and then they might start playing um the numbers game with the way they approach things like linkedin with sending a stack load of connection requests pitch slapping things like that and it, i think it dehumanizes the whole yeah. process ultimately yeah, it becomes a numbers yeah. game and, and we lose that that connection yeah and talking about 
connections i wanted to move the conversation on a little bit to, to mental health now yeah, yeah so we are globally connected in ways that we are you know never ever ever had this before ever yeah. do business i'm sure you do people all over the world yeah. i talk to people every single day from all corners of the globe via social media or whatever Despite the fact that we are so connected, right now we are in a global pandemic of mental health. Yep. So many people feel alone, devoid of purpose, depressed. Yeah. You know, Johan Hari wrote a book Lost Connections. The reason he believed for, for so many people feeling depressed was this lack of connection. Yeah. And we're not just talking about lack of connection to people, but also to purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then lack of connection to self, lack of connection to community. So, whatever the reason, right now you see so many people suffer from anxiety, depression, other mental health conditions, and this is increasing year in year out, and it's affecting people of all ages. Yeah. And, and some people attribute the blame to that, um, to social media people being overly aggressive, trolling, showing up as their, you know, pixie self with their perfect skin and generally being dicks as well. And one scary statistic is that I want to just bring to attention um, is the rise in suicides, especially in men in this country. I mean, it's the leading killer of people my age, of men my age in this country. And the age that it's affecting is getting younger and younger and younger and younger and younger every single year. Now I remember this was a key part of a Ted talk that you did recently, which, which I will link in the uh, the comments. And I remember just, wow, it was a very powerful speech. So just for those people that are not familiar with your journey, um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, before I do, I just want to, to, to sort of not answer a question, but we'll sort of add to what you, you, you said there about the, the disconnect. Sure. Um, an exercise that you can do to see how lonely you are is have a think about who you're connected to. How many people you connect to? How many followers you've got? How many people you've got in your address book? Yeah. How many people you have a direct contact to? And in the same breath, Think about how many people you would ring if you was in a crisis. Yeah. Being connected and having connection with people is totally different to having people that you could rely on. Sure. And, and I think we've, we've got to the point in society where we're relying too heavily on the connections that mm-hmm. we make rather than the, the, the value that we place on those small few, you know, handful of individuals sure. that you can ring at a time of crisis. Again, that's just been magnified by social media nowadays. But going back on to, to my story, so back in 2003, I left, uh, 2005, I left the police force, used to be a copper, um, dealt with some real, real nasty um, incidents, spiraled a little bit, hit the bottle, and I was walking back to the pub about nine, ten o'clock in the morning um, after finding my way back home and I uh, stopped on the railway bridge, sat up on there and I was about to go and play capture the train. And it was a text from my mum and literally just a simple text message. I uh, hope you're okay. Call me when you can. I read the message, put the phone back in my pocket and I went to, went to do it and then realised, you know what? They're going to check that phone record and they'll know that I've read it. They'll know that I've seen the message from my mum and then I jumped. And if they tell my mum that, it's going to kill her. And I don't want to be responsible for that. So that that's the bit that stopped me jumping. Uh, fast forward to uh, 2014, same situation. I started to spiral again. And there'd been da- uh, bouts of, of depression throughout that. Um, and again, found myself in a position where I was I was contemplating. I'd read, rather written, I'd written a letter, uh, suicide note. Um, I'd not decided how I was going to do it. But, you know, I was definitely on that dark path again. Um, getting out of that path that then led me to sort of discover more about the condition of depression and I'm a, a, a high functioning depressive mm-hmm. is what my therapist described me as as in I can 
be absolutely fine like I am right now talking to you and then um, in an hour's time I might feel like the world needs to swallow me up and it's about understanding the triggers and things like that but leaving the, the medical thing aside at the moment my discovery into the world of depression and anxiety and suicide and things like that it, it really did scare me into understanding that this is just as bad as cancer when you look at the statistics this is just as bad as any other illness that you you can have obviously people will go well you know brain cancer is going to be worse it's not about that it's about the mortality rate the ironic thing you know it's, it's the, the biggest killer in in men 30 to 55 i think or is it 30 to 45 something like that the most shocking statistic in that is treatment is free mm-hmm. treatment is not you know and, and i'm not talking about medically i'm talking about the the, 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 the stopping you killing yourself yeah. the antidote is free and it's called talking yeah that is the only medicine that is required to stop somebody from killing themselves. Sure. And unfortunately, we just don't do it. The ironic thing about this is we don't do it because we don't want to burden our loved ones with the problems that we're going through. Sure. Yet we're happy to make them go to our funeral. <laughs> That's quite, yeah. I did a talk for the IGPP uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was the, the main point is that, you know, we're not willing enough to to encourage somebody to, to, to take some of our burden off of us. But we're more than happy enough for all of those people to go to our funeral. That's a very powerful statement. If you used to turn that round and ask those people at that funeral, would you rather have sat there and listened to him moan about his problems for a couple of, a couple of weeks? Or would you rather be at this funeral? <laughs> there ain't a person alive who's going to say, well, I'd rather be here at this funeral absolutely and and that realization for, for you know for somebody going through depression somebody that has suicidal thoughts it can be as simple as just telling them that that thing sure. putting that in front of them say so you would you would rather let your mum be go to your funeral than tell her you've got a problem yeah i think i'm just trying to think about like what kind of caused me to kind of open up um, when I went through my real big fall, I was in Japan and back in 2016 and I was a bloody mess. Um, yeah. And I, I, I did suicidal thoughts. I don't think I was what you call suicidal. I wasn't because I was literally going to sleep just to shut them up. It was yeah. like just to stop it. Yeah. But I was like, I can't do this alone. Because yeah. right now I'm on a knife edge and I don't know if I trust myself to do this alone. Yeah. You, I mean, you, what you're describing there, sorry to interrupt, is, yeah. is, is self-awareness. Yeah. And that is, again, that's one of the uh, a misconception that people may have with people going through depression and anxiety is that, well, they must know they're going through it. They must know they're feeling bad. You do. You, you 100% know you're doing bad. But the overwhelming feel is is that the only option to stop me feeling this bad, despite the pain it's going to cause anybody else, is to remove myself from the planet. Yeah. And 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 it's for those who are, who are lucky enough never to go through life suffering from anxiety or, or, or depression or manic depressiveness or, or whatever the, the term is, that's a hard concept for you to understand. How can you not be in control of your own brain? Yeah. <laughs> And that's what that's why I think there's such a massive disconnect. Because particularly in men, because we see it as a weakness. Yeah. Because if if it was a uh, a condition that people could see, we'd do something about it. Yep. If you're depressed, you grow a penis out of your ear. <laughs> we'd be at the doctor's the first sign we get a lump. Absolutely. But because it's something we can't see. We've got this idea that no one else can see what I'm going through. So therefore they won't understand. No, no, so I'm no. not going to burden them with that. Sure. And because it's not seen, you know, it's a, it's a, 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 a silent killer. Um, we're always going to be up against whether somebody was willing to talk about it or not. Yeah. But as, as a, as somebody who's gone through a process where I, I went through the, the, the exact same process, 
no, no one can help me with this problem. This is mine to deal with. It's, you know, these are my life choices, that sort of stuff. Um, no, and also going from a stage where later on in life, where I'd recognised I was going back that stage, the first thing I did is I went to the doctor. Yeah. I recognised it. I went to the doctor, and and this is where I'm not going to be critical of the NHS because they do wonderful things, but I don't think we're geared up to deal with the epidemic that is mental health, the mental health crisis going through at the moment. The doctor said, "Oh, okay, we'll prescribe you some drugs." Yeah. At the time, yes, I need them because that's a fix. A year on into the drugs, and I'm still trying to kill myself. Yeah. Or still having the thought, should I say? So it, they're a they're a quick fix. They're not a long term fix. Mm-hmm. And and I would on three different ones, three different measurements of, of or um, uh, the, the micrograms of them, and and yeah. I was a, a mess for a good year. Um, change, chopping and changing on these drugs. But the silver lining is it, it stopped me thinking about the things that I was thinking about before. Because now I was looking out for the symptoms of the drugs and the side effects and that sort of stuff, the fatigue and the tiredness and the um, and and, and the, the everything else that comes with taking you know certain antidepressants. So it kind of helped, but I don't think it helped in the way they were designed to help. They were more of a it was a disruption, almost like yeah. a placebo sort of effect, yeah. rather than um, that. But ultimately, the, the thing that cured me. Not cured me, you know. I don't think you ever cured me. No, I never look at it. Um, the thing that that got me through to the side was learning that I could talk about it. Yeah, the oh, TED I mean. talk was the first time that I'd shared publicly um, with any. I, I didn't even say to the organisers what the subject was about. They they got a, a flavour of it, but they, I didn't do the actual talk until the actual day of the recording. Sure. That was the first day that I shared everything. Since then. I'm not going to say life's been totally swimming me, but it's been a damn sight better in terms of my mental capacity, my mental health. Because I've I shared that 5,000 people on YouTube have, have, have done it. I've got work from it. People have uh, praised me for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's justified my message. Sure. And it's made me think, oh, why the fuck all those years ago didn't I just talk to somebody about it? Totally. Same. I, I remember years yeah. ago, somebody said to me because they they you know i i eventually talked to someone about it and she said you know a good friend of mine she said i didn't have a clue didn't have a clue because you're walking around with this mask on and 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 her response was you know after that was why the bloody hell didn't you tell me sooner i would have been there for you but again it was that that burden and 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 i read a statistic the other day that i think it was mental health uk that one in eight men in the uk have some sort of mental health issue problem challenge whatever way you want to describe it but the thing that that was not what jumped out at me what jumped out at me was an additional line there with although we can't confirm this number it's likely to be more because and again in the uk we've got this thing called a stiff upper lip you know got a battle through and then and then in the past i don't know if you had this as well if you're having a bad day people might say to you man up yeah and and i know women as well they'll get that you oh you're being so emotional pull yourself together and all of that i mean yeah so you get that and that does i think sometimes discourage you and especially i think with men does discourage you to speak up but i have found same as you now i have got a support network around me so that when I feel it coming, when Bob turns up, Bob the black dog, when I know yeah. he's just about to pipe up, I know to start speaking. Yeah. And then do other things that I know yeah. help me, like just to take a time out. Well, well that I think that working. that's the, the 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 bit you've raised there is is spot on. Talking is the starting block. Yeah. If you can identify the problem. So the first time that, or the second time that I had a real bad stage was was quite early on in, in mine and Kay's relationship. And I kept it from her, kept it very quiet, and it, it ruined the relationship because I was being secretive, because I was trying to, to hide all the emotion and all that sort of stuff, and it really put the pressure on. Um, it wasn't until we, we spoke about it afterwards that I, you know, when she realised that I was now on tablets and that, and kind of explained why the behaviour was like that. It meant that the next time that, that that happened, Katie was a person I could talk to. Yeah. Um, and she'll actually ask me every single how's your day been today? And if I say it's been a shit day today, 
then everything stops. She sits down and says, why, what's up? Yeah. And, and that's the starting. But the second part from that, which is equally as important, is, is finding your, your, your coping mechanisms. Yeah. So you've understood the trigger point. The trigger point, I've got to talk to somebody. The next thing is the coping. For me, it's immersing myself in something in a different environment. Yeah. Uh, now, this, this, again, this is totally strange, but for me, it works. It's I, I need to feel the sun on my face. If I'm having a real shit day, I need the sun on my face. Yeah. To the point where I go and have a sunbed for three minutes. Okay. Sometimes. Just to fit, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the feeling of, of having having that sort of that 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 warmth glow, yep. dropping everything out of your mind for for just a couple of minutes, that works absolute wonders. Hmm. Um, so that's one of my coping mechanisms. The other one is if I, I get to go and play rugby or, or go walking in the hills, but I'll pick one of those depending on you know if if it's particularly it's in the winter, I'm at the sunbed shop, you know, once oh, a month getting getting yeah. a. Yeah, and and people will say, oh, well, you'll get cancer and all that stuff, possibly, but it's getting me out of that that rut for right now. Yeah, yeah, it's finding finding that method, finding yeah. the the things that work for you. Um, you know, I'm I very much walking for me. It's yeah. helped. Meditation has been a godsend for me. Um, yeah. See, I can't meditate. Okay. Because the the second I sit there and try and clear my brain and focus on place or whatever it is that you, you, you choose to meditate whether it's the counting whether it's um the, you know the incense burning or whatever my brain then goes into overdrive so i have to i have to do something change the environment change the location otherwise yeah i'd love to be able to meditate because i like sitting there doing fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does it, it works it works i mean there's loads of different forms of it i mean i, yeah. I like i like and this is something that maybe you'd be able to integrate like the walking meditations, just being very mindful of, of the step and the world around you when you're out and about, yeah. you are in, a, it is a form of meditation. Even if you're not thinking about meditation, you know, you, I know you like going hiking up hills and mountains and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that connection with nature, you know, that moment you're out there, yeah. it, all, everything just for me just kind of falls away because I remember years ago, and then this problem this might resonate a little bit with yourself um, as a nature lover. I remember years ago, I, I was 22. I was on antidepressants at the time, bit depressed. Yeah, I was struggling a bit, and I was in Viet. I was in Austria. Yeah, and I remember just sitting there in in this tent in the middle of this valley, and I was crying my eyes out, and this thing just went bing above me i looked around i was like this is so beautiful yeah and, and just taking myself from my head into that environment yeah. that right was just the best medicine ever and i remember and this would piss my doctor off when i told him <laughs> i i literally took the pills and threw them in the bin and thought this is the medicine i need yeah this is this is what i need just being yeah. present not being in my head yeah and and that worked for me, and I know that the hiking does that now. That that's my yeah. happy place for sure. Yeah, you'll uh, yeah. I, I don't only hike when I'm depressed, but yeah, I do like uh, the, the odd hill and, and uh, mountain to climb. But yeah, it's oh, it's it's just awesome. Yeah, I've got one of my one of my little goals for this week is to find myself a new walk somewhere. So I've got to go and uh, find mm. somewhere. I am probably be a little bit hungover on sunday doing that but that would be fun yeah, yeah. But, fresh air sorts your hangover out right? oh occasionally <laughs> uh, not not as much as it did now that i'm getting older but there was just one thing i wanted to get your opinions on because i know you've you've been open with it you've put it out there um yeah. that, that you've gone through depression you've been very open and honest about those times when you've had to down tools let your clients know look i can't yeah. Sorry, it ain't happening. And you put that front and center on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Um myself, um, I've talked quite openly about my depression, my anxiety, how that almost stopped me from going on holiday this summer. Yeah. Um, all of those things. But a few years back, I saw something on, on LinkedIn that talked a bit about would you I think it was a poll actually, would you hire somebody? Yeah if you knew they had depression or a mental health issue and there were some people that came on quite honestly and said, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. 
and that triggered the shit out of me a bit yeah uh, because i was like why yeah you know and then there was a lot of people that went yes 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 absolutely i would so I'm coming back to what we said earlier on about the filters that might yeah. not admit or show up or feel comfortable yeah. saying, look, so I can't do it. Yeah. In fact, I think it would, it might've been one of, was it one of my polls? No. Was it? No. no so we, we did, I think we you did something, something similar, similar afterwards. Yeah. 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 The honest answer is most, most people from a, a, a business mindset would not hire somebody that was a risk to the business. Yeah. Bottom line. If, and saying what is true here, not making this up for opinion, but there are still companies out there that would prefer not to hire a woman of childbirth age because there's a risk that that person is going to be off the business for a year. And that, that's, that still exists. Mm -hmm. Would that business admit that publicly? Absolutely not. But there are still those, those businesses out there and, and people out there that have that mindset that I don't want to be hiring anybody that's going to be having time off when we need them to be at work. Mm -hmm. That goes for, for, for um, type 1 diabetes. I can't risk them having a typo while we're at work. People with medical conditions, people with, with, with young children. Um, what if childcare fails? And, and if people are there think, listening to this going, that's a load of rubbish. If you're a business owner and the only discernible difference between hiring person A and person B is that person B has been in hospital with mental health conditions in the past year, you're going to go person A. Mm. And, that, and that, that's purely a, a, a business continuity decision, a business protection decision, albeit totally and utterly unethical and unempathetic. Um, but that's the crux of what we're dealing with. Those people would never in a million years go on LinkedIn and say, yeah, I'm not going to hire somebody who's got mental health problems. Mm. They'll do that. I'm going to tell LinkedIn that we're a really good company. So those people that actually said, no, I, I, I'd probably not, you know they're being honest. Sure. They've got nothing to gain by saying that. In fact, they've got quite a lot potentially to lose by saying Sure. So the only honest, genuine, 100% honest people on there are those that say, no, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Now, that is triggering as hell. Mm. I made a calculated risk telling people that I have, have, have let the ball drop mm. and I need a little bit of time to get my head back together. And, and, and clients, you know, they've got, to, they've got to be a little bit patient with me. Sure. Um, did I receive less uh, leads than that? Yes, I did. Um, there was a conversation with one particular person who were in the final stages of signing a, a three-month contract with some work. They pulled out at that stage. Oh, now, they wow. cited that they were changing direction, but it was 24 hours after that post had gone out. <laughs> now, for me, that was slightly a bit coincidental. It may well be that they did change direction. But yeah. No. So I, I, I knew by posting that, that I potentially could lose people. Mm -hmm. The same breath, I was willing to lose people that I don't want to work with. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, if it transpires that that by me being totally honest about mental health affects someone's ability to trust whether I can do the job or not, they can go fuck themselves. Exactly that. Because I, I have got no interest in being in, in earning cash from that person. Yeah. It's a harder decision to make when you're not as established. Sure. And you know, if, if you're if you're 21, you're trying to get into the job market after university, and you've got you know you just spent a stint in hospital because of a mental health problem. I wouldn't be suggesting you put it on your CV mm -hmm. because people have got no experience. They've just come out of university and they've got mental health problems. Fuck right off. There's no point in, in, in adding to the insult that, that your CV is currently giving them already. Sure. So, you know, it, it, it's about a time and place. And I'm fortunate in a position to be able to do that and, and still survive just about. Um, but yeah, for my, my, Opinion on that particular poll was that it was going to get everybody that will virtual signal. No two ways about it. Yes, sure. this is what we should do. Um, but ultimately, you've also got to, you've got to think with that answer. And I know those people that said, no, I wouldn't, they got attacked quite a bit, if I remember correctly. There's mm -hmm. one of you people making jibe comments about, well, I wouldn't want to work for you anyway, and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you're dealing with people that have looked at that issue as something that is a risk factor for them and their business. Yeah, I get that. 
and and that and again is the, the same thing everybody has an opinion but we don't have the privilege of understanding where that opinion comes from which i think is that sums up social media right there exactly. I, I think i i often comment on this it's like people apparently know my what i'm thinking more than i do yeah. uh, and and you see this play out day in day out you like yeah. in polls on viral posts on linkedin with people just jumping on and yeah. ripping them apart saying how dare you think this is how the hell do you know what i think now yeah. <laughs> you know this was on their own experiences not that of anybody else sure yeah. and it, it's very easy to kind of get lost nuance often gets lost um yeah. i mean for me personally a little bit like yourself i i realized i had a platform a platform yeah. to share because i know like you do that there's so many men out there that don't talk about it and I just felt like I had a kind of moral responsibility to say, look, guys, you're not alone. Yeah. There are options out there in this. You know, I'm not saying what worked for me is going to work for you, but the first step is letting people know you feel shit. Yeah. It's amazing when you do start talking to people. So I, I um, with Mental Health Awareness Week, whenever it was, um, I'm part of a golf networking group. And rather than doing my 30-second pitch about the business, I actually said, well, look, guys, you know, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. I've got a TEDx talk that I did last year about this sort of subject. We've got another guy in the room who, who's a mental health first aider. Um, if you need to chat, have a chat, because yeah. suicide is is definitely um, not the option. Yeah. Um, out of that group of 20 men, four of them sent me messages afterwards saying, thank you, I'm actually struggling at the moment. Yeah wouldn't have known about it because we were playing golf and everything was happy and everyone was like, we all did a bunch of banter. But these four different blokes have all, all independently come to me and said, look, can you, you know, and, and one, I've given the, the number to Samaritans, two, I've had a coffee with, um, and then the other guy who, who's, who's kind of on the other side is he's getting marriage, marriage counselling. But that's just by one circle of friends by me, me sort of opening the conversation up. Yeah. And and I find and, and very much like yourself, the moment you open that door, people kind of walk through. I mean, like when I've put posts out, I've had DMs saying, Thank you, I needed that. Yeah. Thank you. And for me, that trumps it really does trump any any business. Yeah. And, and it was a value decision. And I know like you that it's gonna repel people. Yeah. It people are gonna think I won't trust that guy, he's anxious, he's gonna let me down. Yeah. And ultimately that's that's their judgment it's their call they're welcome to make that but very much like yourself <laughs> my judgment is i don't want to work with you either so yeah <laughs> have a good life yeah. sort of thing it's, it's a and again we're we're both privileged in being um um what's the correct term a little later on in years than <laughs> some of the newer um uh, workers amongst us We've got experience on our shoulders. We've, we've been there. We've done that. So it's quite easy for us, in theory, mm. to, to give this advice as, as a throwaway piece of advice. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot harder for somebody who's never admitted to themselves they've got a problem yeah. to do so. Um, and I suppose that, that the message to, to those, those guys and, and gals is you're not alone. Yeah. If if you think your problem is 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 solved by suicide, you're definitely not alone. Look at the figures. For sure. But not one of their not one single problem has been solved for the rest of their family. No. By by those taking their, their own lives. You've added to it. And no, the whole idea of you committing suicide is to try and stop those problems from happening. Well, you don't. Simple as that. Yeah, it's gonna just have a knock on effect. A yeah. knock on a knock on a knock on it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's a hard, a hard one. But yeah, definitely get talking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Which kind of moves us nicely back on the social media a bit, like the um the the ultimate debate about what you can and cannot post yeah. on social media. And I think that links very nicely into what we've been talking about. Should yeah. you post about your problems, your issues? Yeah. Um, mental health challenges all of that stuff a lot of people will probably argue no I'm just going to show the happy smiley laughing yeah. thing and 
I know with your content, you always talk about purpose. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's the buzzword that I, I, you know, your work, your catchphrase, your word that you always say purpose, purpose, and you'll do yeah. a lot of a variety of content, humorous, thought provoking, challenging. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I like doing kind of videos talking about travel or whatever randomness comes into my mind at yeah. any given moment in time, because that's just the way my brain works. Yeah. So ultimately we're two different people, two different approaches, yeah. but again, there's all of this. You need to do it this way, this way, this way. And again, people yeah. are holding back from showing up. Yeah. So what, yeah. what would you say to anyone who's like got something to share with the world, but at the moment is yeah. going, should I post it? So there's two there's two things at play here. There's, there's personal content and then there's business content. So there the can be one in the same thing, absolutely. There can also be two very separate things. Again, and it boils down to your purpose. Am I on LinkedIn because I need to sell something? Am I on LinkedIn because I want to get famous? Mm-hmm. Um, most people start off with I need to sell something, get a bit of a catch of the, the egos, and, and then they start you know, building a personal brand and all that bollocks. If your purpose is that I need to be on LinkedIn to sell something, we know that business-related content doesn't do well as personal-related mm. content. So we're back to the personal stuff, regardless of whether it's business-orientated or personal-orientated. Yeah. So as long as you know what that purpose is, my purpose is, with my content, is to convince people that they need to buy my services. Yeah. Pretty much everyone's purpose on, on sure. LinkedIn for being on there. You know, yeah, absolutely. Is on there. Next thing is, is what, what I post, is that going to have a positive or a negative impact on my purpose? Yeah. So if I post a phrase or, or something on Easter morning saying, happy faith, come back to life day, am I then going to be getting lots and lots of customers from the Christian faith? <laughs> Probably not. So bear in mind, does, does the content you create have a positive or a negative impact on your purpose? Yeah. If it's a negative impact, then can you mitigate that negativity? If sure. not, don't post it. Yeah. If you can, then you know, give it a go, see how it works. But ultimately, your purpose can't be compromised. Sure. So there's got to be that that reasoning. What to post and when to post and all that sort of stuff, do what the fuck you want. Trial and error, like I said at the start. Yep. Is a selfie going to get people viewing my content and then buying my services? Is me sharing pictures of me in very scantily clad clothes on a night out going to convince people by my mental health coaching services? Mm-hmm. Um, does does the image, the video, the picture, the, the, the text, the PDF, the carousel, does that give my, uh, my purpose a positive or a negative? And that, it, it really is as simple as that, to make that decision every time I post. Yeah, like that. Timings and things like that, that, you know, you can, again, trial and error depending on when your audience is online and that sort of stuff. But ultimately, if anyone's telling you you need to post at 7 o'clock in the morning every morning and um, without giving an explanation as to why, uh, and you need to post a post about this, a post about this, a post about this, then don't follow their advice because they're telling you based on what they have gained information for on other audiences not yours yeah they can make assumptions they can make presumptions that it might work and it may well work but until you've tried it with your audience you're like there are so many different variables from your audience to my audience yeah that for you to follow my strategy would not work yeah and vice versa we might get lucky but ultimately it's going to be totally different the style, the, the tone, the, the, the frequency, the, the length of post, the type of post, the, the, the different um, graphics, that sort of stuff. They're all something which you've taken time to get used to, your audience to get used to. You built a bit of a, a core following in there for you pick the same time. I dare say you probably post the same time most weeks mm-hmm. on a, day, a daily basis at that time because that works for you. That's what you've discovered. Yeah. No LinkedIn coach can come up to you and say, this is when you have to post because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? That's that's what I figured out. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't do it when I went on. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I was following all the the advice, the guidance that you've got to post this time. You've got to post X yeah. amount of times a day. You've got to do all of these connection requests a day. And now I'm paying for it with that because yeah. now I've got a, a connection pool of people that truly aren't, aren't really relying, aligned 
with whatever yeah. I am now with what the business has become. Yeah. So I've had to go and sort that out, which is not an easy job. <laughs> it's not, and it, it, so I'm I'm actually in the process of, of removing as many connections as possible. Um, I'll, the, the followers will stay there if they've expressed an interest to see that, see my yes. But I want to curate my channel as well. So yes, I want to exactly see content that. for certain people and that sort of thing. We've only got 30,000 connections. Um, mm. Get to that and then you can't connect with anyone else. It's only follow anyway. But I don't want 30,000 connections yeah. because one, I can't service 30,000 connections. Yeah. Two, I haven't got time to read. Let's face it, it's going to be 10,000 because two thirds are not going to be active anyway. Yeah. I haven't got time to read 10,000 pieces of content every week. So, so let's let's tailor it down to the people I actually want to engage with and talk to. Yeah. So the guys that, that I see prospecting, they're the guys that I see potential partnerships, collaborations, or potential clients for. Mm-hmm. Focus on those guys. So th- again, this whole bullshit sort of saga of you've got to get as many followers as possible. It, it's a it's a crock of shit. Yeah. Followers can help, don't get me wrong, but if you're if you're building your your brand based on human to human, yeah. As a concept, can you be human to human to another thirty thousand people? It's hard enough to you know with with a hundred people, hard enough in near, near impossible with five hundred connections. Sure. So yeah, there's there's so much bullshit being peddled by LinkedIn gurus on there that have got famous because of one thing, and now they they're using their follower count as a sales process to pitch their latest course or their book yeah. or their ebook or their you know telephone calls with a 500 quid or whatever yeah the main thing there is is being purposeful right being meaningful knowing knowing exactly what who your audience are what you want to achieve and and not buying in as well and i've been it's a big thing for me don't buy into the whole well you want to make you know 10 grand 10 grand a week or you need a million followers all of that whatever i mean it's you know you you know your goals you know what's going to move the needle for you in your life your business all of that stuff so approaching it from that point you know i I was chatting with somebody the other day about this and and she was very clear about this i don't want to service thousands of people yeah (laughs) i don't want to to. it's like i just need a, a steady stream of x amount of clients to come in and that was very personal for her so you've mentioned quite a lot about linkedin but yeah. if there's any listeners out there that are looking for support um do you have any offers or services that you would like to uh, let them know about essentially i'm a marketing consultant the three sort of services is so i we do consultancy to help you with your your content strategy with your marketing strategy and your marketing plan um, so that's at a consultancy level. Um, we also do and write content for you so we can create your LinkedIn content and other social media content. Um, and you just literally pay for the service and we deliver the content and you share it as if you've written it. Um, and then the third one is, is we'll actually look after your account for you as well. So we'll actually manage and essentially ghost your account. So if you're too busy for that, um, we've got a team that will, will look after that. The, the fourth thing that we do, and I mentioned it's three things mainly, but there is this the, a, a fourth one, which is equally important, is we go into companies and we train them how to use LinkedIn yeah. uh, and use LinkedIn properly um, and, and, and according to the, the, the business plan that the business has got for the use of LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, we train, we mentor, we write, and we do. Awesome, awesome. So before we ride off into the yeah. sunset today, got the final question i ask everybody who uh, joins us on this podcast what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners my espresso shot of confidence for your listeners is to not overthink anything you do very hard thing to do uh, but just stop. the biggest barrier from you doing the thing that you need to do is is you telling yourself i need to go and do it yeah. Don't tell yourself to do it. Just fucking do it. It's far easier. You want to post a picture? Post a picture. You want to post a picture of a dog? Post a picture of a dog. You want to you want to gain a hundred followers? Go and connect with a hundred people. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Just get remove yourself from the equation. Remove that barrier of entry. Yeah, love that. Just go and do it. 
yeah. <laughs> that's the easiest way to stop overthinking, isn't it? Do it, done. It's it, and and to sort of carry on that, just a, a, a touch, particularly when it comes to posting, is people will overwrite a post. Yeah, they'll write it, they'll think about it, then they'll rewrite it, they'll change it, they'll add a picture, they'll minus a picture, they'll they'll put a title, and they'll they'll titivate over this post for a day. Then they'll post it and it'll fall flat on its face and the wind and why the fucking hell it happened. Yeah. You have no control over whether your post is of value to other people or not. Yeah. Second you press submit or post or gone, it's out of your hands. Yeah. There is absolutely no point you now trying to influence that post. Yeah. And therefore, there's also no point in you thinking or worrying about whether it is well or not. Sure. It's gone, it's done, move on to the next one. Awesome. So thank you very much for uh, stopping by, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. No pleasure. No problem at all. Uh, totally enjoyable. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And a huge thank you to you, the awesome listeners, wherever you are in the universe. That's it for this episode. So be sure to uh, subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this so you get notifications for all future episodes. And all that is left to say is have a great day, week, life. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.